Welcome to the Key of Life podcast, a show where we explore the limitless creative potential that exists within our human life, from birth to death, ancestry, and everything in between. Every human holds a key that opens a door of possibility to create, sustain, and transform within ourselves and with others. When we share our keys, we create deeper access to the keys within ourselves and open the doors of remembrance within others. I'm your gatekeeper and guide, Nanadua L. Hog. Let's open the door together. Hello and welcome to the Key of Life podcast. Today we have another very special guest, one of my bestest friends ever and closest sisters. Her name is Megan Persephone Taylor and she is just the most talented artist and weaver and mother and just a creative like ball of light (laughs) and energy. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Megan. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's sisters like you that I love to be reflected in. Yay. Yeah. So tell us about, so like, if I didn't even mention it in the intro, we're going to be speaking about conscious conception and weaving today because those are two like main, I I don't want to say fortes because like you have so many skills (laughs) and like talents, but two of the main topics that we're going to be talking about today. So tell us about your journey in general with like weaving specifically and then like throw in some other stuff like if conscious conception weaves into that. Like just give us the give us the tea on your story. Sure. Yeah. So weaving was basically the kind of epitome of a a whole life where I have been completely drawn to everything tactile, everything to do with textiles and fabric and and kind of anything that I could get my hands on that um, allowed me to express myself creatively. I found that textiles were the thing that inspired me the most. So early on, I can I can think back into my childhood and it's absolutely like the thing that it, it's a thread that I have followed for, for ah, a lot of my life. <laughs> it, the, the metaphors are endless. It really, <laughs> um, so yeah, as a child, um, one of my favorite things ever was this blanket that I have. And the, um, yeah, the story I kind of, I like to share about it is that when I was born, my mom read a horoscope that said that people born on this day would have a certain affinity to textiles and tactile like objects or something and she doesn't usually read horoscopes and didn't really know what that meant but um the the blanket was this sort of like symbolic offering that she was like well maybe maybe this is (laughs) this will support this child and it like it's just hilariously so true like I can't tell you how like like I've come back to it in different art projects and kind of like it just like I I literally carried it with me most of my life until pretty much the exact time frame where my conscious conception journey began when it literally began unraveling it was a knit blanket and it it had a run and it started unraveling exactly the time that that conscious conception started to unfold for me and and I'll talk about that maybe a little bit more and I do I even talk about the blanket in a conception the the story Mm -hmm. project because it feels so symbolic it feels so kind of like um like the messages in the medium and the symbols of my life Mm -hmm. were reflecting and like and that's how I started to understand things or like it, it it was just such a an important part of what was going on and so yeah it's like it's it's a very blatant synchronicity to me and you know I I love synchronicities so much more than coincidences <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just it is how I kind of orient to meaning making in my own life so yeah this blanket just kind of it was my favorite thing my like comfort object and as I grew up 
textiles really were the thing that I was coming back to as like, um, I just really liked clothes. I really liked what I wore specifically um, because of how they felt. Like I, I liked the colors and the patterns and, and things like that about fashion. But mm-hmm. if I think about it, it really was more the feeling of things. Um, and it totally still is now. And so as a young child, I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer. I started sewing. Sewing was like one of the first things I asked to learn to do uh, instead of, you know, dancing or gymnastics or anything else. I wanted to go do sewing lessons. Oh my gosh. And it was great. And I lived in Toronto. And so in Toronto, like I went to some downtown Toronto sewing studios. Like there were some cute little like places where you could actually do that. Um, And my mom was totally someone who wanted to like nurture the things that I wanted to do. So she drove me to these little places and like some weird places, you know, like one was like (laughs) in the back of a tailor shop. Like, so it was a tailor seamstress woman and she just like offered to do some sewing lessons with me. And so I would just like, you know, go back there. So cute. I love Um, like the bowling community resource vibes. (laughs) Totally. Of like that you wouldn't really expect, but like, of course exist because Mm -hmm. women are out here sewing people are out here mending their clothes you know like even if you don't remember that of course you have to do that yeah exactly so yeah you you seek and you shall find and I just I totally did that and I was the type of kid who like once I was passionate about something I wanted to do it my my family totally supported me even if they had no idea what was going on they're like great you want a sewing machine here you go go have fun So that was kind of my first, like, when I was merging this idea of, like, I really like textiles and doing something about that. So making them into clothes. Okay, very cool, exciting, very creative. Um, and, and then just, like, fashion in general, too. Like, I loved dressing up to go to school, which I think is funny because I'm not a performative person. Or maybe I'll talk about that because I feel like this whole journey is, it's a it's a self-expression journey. And so... I think maybe I have this yearning to self-express and it's been like part of my really yeah. like deep teaching like for me is is how to express that and feeling kind of shy or like feeling like I can't express things is what I'm trying to learn through this, yeah. this whole process. Um, even though I was kind of a like reserved kid I, I really love being dressed up in these like hilarious colors and like um like poofy skirts and like and interesting things, you know, like it wasn't princess. It was like yeah. a lime green bubble shaped tutu with a black bow oh. and like black and white stripes shirt, you know? Like, That's actually cool. <laughs> I love that. So I just like things like that. I was like, this is fun. So why are why isn't everyone having fun with like all the clothes that are available and you know it was kind of like I, I reflect on this a lot sometimes just thinking back it was like the heyday of forever 21 I would say like mm-hmm. kind of before fast fashion was like in the consciousness of like oh wait like what what is all this like it was kind of more this like or, or maybe even just for me at that time like as a 12 year old going to forever 21 was like the the epitome of like a fun day <laughs> you know like <laughs> just like three three level forever 21 in the mall oh it's amazing and so and you know then I kind of had maybe like a dark night of the soul when I realized oh all of these clothes are made by slave labor children and factories I think that was a big like so I moved away from that but it was it's an interesting thing for me because it felt like it was before I realized that and maybe even before it was getting more and more obvious that there was such a terrible industry yeah. at that time that it was kind of that I was engaging with it. Um, so I don't know, I have have very fond memories. And then I can think of the context, which of course, we always have to do with nostalgia or like childhood yeah. or like innocence, you know, in general. <laughs> yeah, regardless, it was it was one of a like, something that was very important to me was clothing and what I wore and that was kind of yeah as in a like early teens or whatever that was a creative outlet for sure and so I really did think I was going to go into fashion design that like seemed like a quote-unquote career to have doing those types of things that I, I it excited me in some ways but then it's also that whole like the fashion industry 
kind of like confused me or like baffled me that it was it felt so specific and so like not exactly what I meant when I was like so inspired by clothes you know like because then I started you know kind of pursuing that and like I mentioned the sewing classes could get you ready to apply Mm -hmm. for fashion school and get your portfolio ready and like all these things and like it was intense like they would share like you have to have like yeah like all these sketches and all these like you have to know the how to do a pattern blah 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 blah. and like and that makes sense but because it's like cutthroat industry like cutthroat fashion industry which I was kind of like um okay like that's not really what what this is about for me so I was like moving towards that um and I share that because uh, that's part of the reason that I uh, started at OCAD in Toronto it's the Ontario College of Art and Design University and so I just went there kind of being like yep I I want to pursue something creative and I want to do textiles maybe it's fashion I went into that program and that program actually merged three textile programs fashion dye and print and weaving so that was the first time that I had like seen a loom kind of I think I had like I like I kind of had had the notion of weaving but that was where I was like oh my gosh right like you can make the cloth like you can make the fabric that would be turned into the clothes and so Mm -hmm. that was kind of it for me like as soon as I like recognized that I was like yeah no fashion it wasn't fashion it was weaving I want to do weaving and that's one one of the reasons that I then moved to Nova Scotia to to go to NASCAD in Halifax was because they had an even more in-depth weaving program. It was like you could major specifically in weaving, which you couldn't do at OCAD. And I really, I'm glad that I did that because it was, it was a great experience to learn to weave at NASCAD. They had a beautiful loom studio up on like the third floor of this old building, super, super like romantic little loom studio. And when I think back to learning to weave, like it was a really, really exciting time. Yeah, so tell me about the blanket and how that threads into like your conscious conception and the unraveling of that. I'm really curious to like hear your interpretation of the symbolism of that, of that unraveling, like right as your journey for that began. Totally. So yeah, it it really is so, so metaphorical because my conscious conception journey Sometimes I, I say it was like an unconscious, conscious conception <laughs> journey, because at first I, I did not know that that's what it was. I, I had never heard of the term conscious conception before. All of a sudden, I was just feeling very compelled to, to what I don't know, to kind of start pursuing this different information, which... Um, led me to these different mentors and like inspiring women who like I follow to this day like this kind of information started coming to me or this this type of inclination to be like oh wait like hmm, like maybe I'm gonna think about that and I will share specifically that I think a huge reason or like a huge factor in that was the process of weaving and I share about this all throughout the story because mm-hmm. so I was in my last two semesters of art school and those were the semesters where you kind of get to propose your own project and be like focusing in on like mostly your own thing Mm -hmm. um and so I really did just get the chance to like sit at the loom every single day and weave whatever I wanted and so I just like went for it and and it was that type of it was so inspiring and so like the opportunities were endless and like like creating patterns and creating just all these different things like um which really isn't a small feat it's it's not a practice like painting where you can do eight paintings in a day um what like setting up a loom is a very meticulous process and it takes days to set up one thing um if not like weave the entire thing you know so once you're actually sitting down at the loom to weave you've already done eight other steps to get it to that point so it really which was great because it made it so that I had to be doing all of those like very technical things I had to be learning those things as I was going and and it, it literally like taught me how to weave like now I can you know, wind a warp, set up the loom and sit down to weave a thing 
all by myself, which is, you know, like, like that's, I'm so glad that I got that opportunity. It's, it's the reason why I think going to art school was worth it because I learned a very valuable skill that I can now take with me the rest of my life. Um, So, so just, and it might, it would be super helpful if people did understand like the process of weaving. Um, But it's a little bit, it's a lot to explain. And I hope to continue sharing about this in like, you know, like my dream would totally be to be teaching weaving workshops because this is how like using this type of language of like literally demonstrating well yeah like you're gonna have all of these threads you're going to weave them like over Mm -hmm. under over under each other to weave a cloth like all of that language and the process of doing it to me is the the whole significance of it but it's also it's fairly easy to explain that as I was weaving these things I was just being inspired and gaining all of these insights through my body and my soul, (laughs) you know, Um, like my hands were weaving. And then all of these, like, and I swear, it's like, it's a remembrance, right? Like, I feel like I'd done that before. I, I, the, the messages and kind of like the metaphors, but the stories and like, the stuff that it symbolizes was just becoming very apparent. And that is what I truly believe inspired me to keep pursuing this whole conscious conception thing mm-hmm. and and specifically it was because I was thinking about weaving as a medium for weaving baby carriers so like how weaving becomes the carrier that women use to carry our babies just as women are the carriers of life on earth you know so yeah. just like right down to the root <laughs> yeah and wow I was, I was just basically like everyone like hey like three other people in my weaving studio like do you get this are you getting this right now you were weaving alive (laughs) you know like I was just kind of like yeah really really called back into this like deep deep recognition of how significant it is to weave cloth and to create life Mm -hmm. and so and those things just started merging. The, the um, importance of both of those things seemed very relevant and it made other things seem very irrelevant. Um, and it kind of allowed me to start getting super clear on what I actually wanted, what was in my way and, and what I was going to do about it. Wow. Yeah. And I really, really love that share about what you really wanted, what was in your way, and what you're going to do about it. And it's, like, reminding me of your – because, like, I went to your – she had, like, this um this call yesterday night – or morning, rather, where she was, like, explaining her process with uh, a conception, which is her art project that she's sharing. And you mentioned – I guess, like, share the story of how, like, you presented this because my question or, like, inquiry – rather is what I noticed for myself with conscious conception is that when your baby is sort of like coming nearer it's like initiating you to do things and bring you out of your shell to do things that like you wouldn't normally do to like shake stuff up in your body and in your DNA and whatever so share the story about how you actually presented this um this like baby carrier like I love that story okay yeah for sure yeah what I love to say about conscious conception or why I think conscious conception is the most incredible thing ever that I will never stop talking about is that our spirit babies are maybe our most helpful guides to us if you have any inclination at all to be connecting with this sort of multi-dimensional space at all I believe that our spirit babies would be the ones most invested in our actual kind of practical most understandable day-to-day well-being because they have a vested Mm -hmm. interest in our lives they would like to come and join us in this life so they want it to be awesome you know they want it to be the best possible so if we start listening if we start deeping into their guidance, their very spiritual 
yeah, um, multidimensional guidance, then we can be merging this sort of practical every single day um, experiences of our lives with these maybe like highest alignment possible, yeah, messages, visions, like all encompassing, yeah, like visions for for our lives, how we would live in community, how we would live as humanity. That's how I see it. So, um, and and really that that those type of calls, like, and using the language, like, I know it gets very messy with like, oh yeah, like our spirit babies connect with us and like communicate yeah. with us. Like, of course it's not words. Like mm-hmm. I didn't hear any words, but I can't tell you how, like when I was, actively communicating with my daughter Lewin I can't tell you how specifically different I felt than this moment that I'm in right now when Lewin is an almost two-year-old embodied child I I felt her in a completely different way my my thoughts would be kind of like constantly orienting to this thing like like there was just something compelling me you know like it's just something that like I couldn't let go of and I couldn't and it's hard to describe because I'm not sure if there's other things that we become so like invested in or like an obsession. It's not even obsession because you can't you can't actually do anything about it. Like it, it's more just this like, whoa, like I'm feeling like like I'm thinking about that again. I'm thinking about this again. Or like here's this thing again. Like, oh my gosh. And and then then there's the signs and the symbols and the kind of like all of a sudden this thing is in my awareness all the time like it's so it so that that type of communicate quote unquote communication is very interesting to go back and talk about because i get it sounds a little bit strange but it's only because yeah. i have to use those words you know like it's very hard to put into words what the mm-hmm. process is which i'll say is why art i believe art and this these creative practices are actually the key to expressing these stories because they too are not in words you know like mm-hmm. a piece of cloth is not a word or or a story it's a piece of cloth but maybe it has the story woven into it you know so oh yeah. that, that's just what excites me I so much so like the energy imbued in that experience that you were having while weaving it is like in the cloth, which is yes. like, ah, it feels so like, oh, <laughs> to I even know. like talk about it like here. I completely mm-hmm. agree. And so that project, so I'll talk about the project that you were just mentioning. So it was a project that I titled The Looming Daughter. <laughs> I love and... this so much. By the way, <laughs> Megan, love... Megan has a daughter. So this is why this is like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looming away. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Looming Daughter was, so it was a poem that accompanied a woven baby carrier that I wove out of, like, it was this whole elaborate thing, because like, everything started having meaning to me. So what I wove it out of was actually local wool and linen from Nova Scotia where I was living because that was like oh my god right like and the fibers are the earth like they're just the plants and like and the animals that we've recognized can serve us to create these things type thing or like and like through our processing of them will then create these intricate incredible tools um so I went like to a farm and I got this like Actually, I was gifted this this skein of yarn because this woman in Nova Scotia had been developing, like reinvigorating the linen industry of Nova Scotia, which is incredible. No small feat at all because you, you, you can't really just start growing linen and then start processing it into yarn. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's very, it's a huge deal. Um, and so I had woven this baby carrier um, and then also, so we can remember too, that like, of course, conscious conception is also about love, you know, yeah. it's about mm-hmm. like, find your soulmate and <laughs> falling in love. this on your own, you know, parthiogenesis isn't what's happening right now on the earth for women. Yeah. So like my <laughs> conscious conception journey is also like my journey with my partner too. Like, so through the story, like it, it's kind of a three year period. I started in my birthday in 2018 which was five days before I met my partner. And, wow. and then it, it's like exponential, 
trajectory from that moment on, which I also just really think is like one key distinguishing features of conscious conception. It's kind of like, like it's go time. Like once you're, yeah. <laughs> or once you like find, or like when, if you're, if you're signing up for this adventure, like you're kind of in, um, or you're invited in right away. And so you can kind yeah. of go for it right away if you want. Um, and we, oh my God, like we totally did. Like we had known each other for four months when I had the first experience that I would say was the first time I like sort of recognized a little spirit or like, or decided that that's what was happening, you know, four yeah. months later. So, um, oh, quick question. Sorry. Yeah. Because you said it was five days before your birthday. Was that your birthday wish? to like I've, have a partner <laughs> it's five days after um oh yeah yeah no no it wasn't no? okay okay I was like whoa that was <laughs> it was a very potent time for me which I also talk about a lot through this story like it, it's a very it was a very significant time because it felt like a rebirth like one of the most significant moments of rebirth of my life so I was mm. definitely wishing for new something new yeah so if it it wasn't like a specific wish but oh my god like I got the new adventure for sure (laughs) okay for sure okay let's dive back into your story of meeting Sean sorry I don't know if he wants his name to be honest I'll like cut it out if he doesn't (laughs) (laughs) so yes we had just met and it was a very exciting time because we were both just like so jazz like we had the most exciting kind of like honeymoon period that summer where I was like new to Nova Scotia I'm from Ontario and he's from Nova Scotia and so he just wanted to like show me everything so we would like go on adventures and like see the sunsets and the sunrise and like yeah it was just and I just and I hadn't really done that like ever you know like I hadn't had these experiences of just like going and like feeling free in nature and so that was also a huge 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 contributing factor I would say to like oh my gosh right like I can weave I can swim in the ocean I can climb this mountain so and that's what I that's what I was getting at um by the end of that summer kind of early fall we actually went to Cape Breton a stunning part of Nova Scotia and we went on this hike which involved going down into this valley. You hike down into a valley and then you could camp on the shore like of the beach between these two huge cliffs. And so we stayed there and I just, I picked up this rock from the ocean. It was like a two pound rock, maybe more. Um, And I just like all night, I basically prayed into this rock that like this, like I feel there is a spirit near and I think like she's gonna come and and I just and I again I don't know what I was saying I don't know like what like if I was like yes let's have a baby and and but but kind of <laughs> because then I had this rock and and it was we warmed it up in the fire all night like oh, I was just I like, love that <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay wait um that morning we had to hike back up out of the valley and I convinced Sean to bring the rock with us and like help help me carry it up the mountain. <laughs> this is why I had to write this story because there was too many events like this that were like so beautifully symbolic and like climbing a mountain, finding a spirit rock, uh like there because there's two mountains involved like we also climbed a mountain the very weekend that I conceived like the, wow. the weekend that I know she she became part of my body on this weekend that we decided to climb a mountain and then came back down like wow yeah, it, yeah. and and I just and these are the reasons why it's like we are connected to everything that has ever happened on earth and that will continue to happen and these are the things that happen you know like yeah maybe mm-hmm. we think it's now they're they're cliche or now they're like oh like just stories but they have the meaning is is because of something you know like yeah the the adventure of climbing a mountain or going down to a valley and then having to climb back up is a specific experience that yeah. brings up specific things or like is an invitation into specific something and so 
that is what we were invited into. Like I, I just followed those inclinations. And so I moved, I just kept finding them, you know, they just kept unfolding. So that is the rock that I put in the baby carrier for this performance where I basically just, I wore the baby carrier with the rock in it. And I spoke the poem that I had written, which was literally about weaving and um, like mother earth and the fact that we are like the carriers of life on earth and that, yeah, the earth is our mother and when we destroy the earth, we destroy our mother and we destroy ourselves. So it was basically like I was getting all the way <laughs> to the heart of why this was so significant for me. Um, mm-hmm. And that poem is shared in the story as well. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I, and I've honestly revisited it many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is such a freaking powerful, <laughs> like that is so powerful. And I love how this poem is connected to the earth and understanding that the earth is our mother and when we destroy the earth we destroy ourselves because I feel like a lot of a lot of women's journey with conscious conception begins with healing the relationship with like themselves and nature and themselves and their womb and like I think about the earth as like one giant womb like I say like you the inner your child comes from your inner womb to like the outer womb right yeah like the outer womb of earth so it's like connecting with nature is connecting with this outer womb so every time you're interacting with the earth interacting with nature you're interacting with the womb that you're living in and like subsequently your own womb so it's like how are you interacting like with all that is around you because that's going to affect like all that's within you. And I feel like that's so connected to like conscious conception and like spirits and whatever, because like, if you think about like, if we're walking around in this external earth womb or whatever, there's a lot of spirits like wanting to enter this earth womb through like our human womb. And I just want to like hear the story of because I know you mentioned like you knew that Lewin was around and you were communicating with her and you were like praying what like what was the specific moment where you're like I am having a like I'm having a daughter her her name is Lewin like what was that experience like for you? (laughs) Such a good question and I would say there's so many stunning moments throughout what I would call this conscious conception journey. And for some reason, that one, I don't, I don't have a specific moment where I was like, yeah, yeah, she, she's going to be, her name is Lou and she's my daughter and I'm going to have a baby. It, It was so gradual. The pieces came together so gradually in that sense that I didn't have that specific moment. I def- I had the moment where I knew she was going to come that month. Mm-hmm. I knew. But that really came. I think that more came because I was in a place in my life where having a baby was the randomest thing to do. <laughs> like there was no, like it was kind of really like way, way out of left field or whatever the saying is because I, I wasn't set up in any way. Like I didn't have really any any other trajectories for myself that were actually being laid. And so it kind of was coming through for me in this like very inspiring way, but I, I didn't understand how. And so it wasn't feeling like, okay, yes, like she's going to come. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have that exact moment. I, I have moments where... The, the first moment that I share that like four months after Sean and I met, I just, for some reason, realized how real it could be that I could bring life through my body. That was a very like destabilizing moment, actually very overwhelming. Mm. Can you speak to that a little bit more? <laughs> definitely, definitely. I was okay. Uh, like hilarious. I was on a, a class trip for a university course where you got to go camping in this national park and and make art about it, really. So it was like a three-day camping trip. And for some reason, by the end of that camping trip, it was like, it landed for me like, oh my God, like, I could be having a baby, like a 
baby could be coming out of my butt. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I love that. For the first time, really be like, that's what it would mean. Like, if I was kind of, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, I, and again, I don't remember the thoughts. I remember this feeling and it was like dusk and it wasn't the full moon. I, I had this like constructed memory that it was the full moon, but I looked up the date and it was like. <laughs> it was the full moon inside your body. <laughs> Maybe we're ovulating or something. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Okay. So, so that was really the moment where I feel like I reconnected with my body in a way that I had not been in a very, 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 very long time. And, and it was a, an overwhelming moment of it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was very scary to feel like I hadn't been connected to my body, the source of life. Um, and so, so therefore what, what, what is my life if I haven't been, been here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that, and, and cause that's the other thing about conscious conception. It's not, it is not sunshine and rainbows at all. Like it is, it's deep because what you were saying, actually, what I wanted to maybe um, yeah, reflect talk from what you were saying about <laughs> just the like connection, like women having to reconnect with nature and themselves before we connect with our babies or in that is part of the process is because so what were we doing if we weren't connected with nature? What, what, mm. what, what was our life before we were connected with ourselves and with nature? How strange that that's even a reality that women have that we live our lives feeling normal, but actually we're just not connected to nature or ourselves or our bodies. That's insanity, (laughs) you know, like, so that kind of moment of reckoning is like one of the first and foremost things I think that we have to recognize is going to like, that's what you're signing up for. If you are wanting to connect with the spirit of life, the spirit of your baby, you're going to have to reconnect with the spirit of life and you might have lost it. <laughs> you know, you might be very lost. Ooh. Oh. I know. Oh, my mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It, it, uh, yeah. That never ceases to amaze me because because that's the journey. That's why I will forever refer to this process as an ongoing journey because it's it's a reconnection journey. It's a reclamation journey of something that has been lost and, and maybe something that's been taken, but I also maybe challenge that, like, as I've explored, of course, like my own, um, like there's, there's stories that really resonate with me that reflect these themes and the, the idea that something's stolen from us is interesting, maybe sometimes, but there's also a lot of giving away. Yeah. you know, and, and, and to separate the things that have been stolen from the things that are given away is also mm-hmm. a very powerful one because, because the, the stealing puts you in a victim position. Yep. If things are constantly being stolen from you and you have no agency, if you're giving them away, you actually can, can take them back, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that moment on the shore, very magical shore, it's Bay of Fundy, which is I just find this very significant for some reason, but the shore, the the tide goes out farther and comes in higher than anywhere in the world. So it's just like like this huge energetic, and it happens in like a day, like that that whole process yeah. can happen in a day. Um, so just even feeling that like in in resonance with the womb space could be like super like yeah things start moving like literally <laughs> it, it flew like flowing because like the Bay of Fundy works with the moon, right? So it's oh, like yeah. When the tide is highest it's like when it's at a full moon it'll be like you can walk on the sand and then like the next day you would literally drown if you were to walk exactly. in the same spot and it's like I'm seeing that moon energy and like water moving in your body in that same way almost as like this like cleansing of like the waters in your body or this like the finally the waters in your body are like really moving around or whatever but like totally to that because I'm totally just totally I mean I mean it's once again one of those things of like so like inevitably that is the the embodied experience I was having like to be in that place that is the relationship that my body has Mm -hmm. in that place that, that like those forces were literally acting upon my body in that place whatever that like meant to me is my own meaning and my own specific experience but like yeah like literally if you go there you will also have that experience of the tides 
interacting with your body so it's like one of those things too like so like connecting to the places we're in yeah like places are specific places because there are specific places like (laughs) you know um so and that's also kind of the interesting part like I I moved to Nova Scotia like I I was called to move to Nova Scotia I'm from Ontario like this it all unfolded in this place and and it felt like a, a specific it not it wasn't it wasn't in my consciousness of like that's why I was moving to Nova Scotia at all but of course like to go back and kind of trace like even that was I moved there very intentionally like I didn't accidentally end up in in Nova Scotia where was I you were telling the story of conceiving Lewin I believe right so yeah the kind of or speaking to the the moments the specific moments that I do feel I I have yeah grounded moments and other ones that are just these overarching themes that unfolded in like little tiny whispers because okay that's maybe another thing that I'll say that the journey as as like spiritual and like unbelievable and magical as it is it's also it it's your day-to-day life like these things happen that that could happen like one hour of your life on a random a random day and then you go to work after that, you know, like you, yeah. it's, it all happens in the middle of, of your regular life. And so it has to kind of like here, we could say weave again, like you start to weave in these sort of magical things or these sort of new types of awareness or new practices, maybe that you're deciding, okay, these are the things that I want to reconnect with. So I'm going to start integrating them into my life. You start to reweave parts Mm -hmm. of your life and and that's how it could like start very subtly and like actually then become this whole new tapestry of your life so I have like two questions but I'm gonna start the first one because it's the one that I it's fresh in my brain you spoke about like weaving together like there was like a thread of like overarching themes so for you what were your overarching themes that were coming up definitely self-valuation and like maybe in the same vein like taking myself seriously and my desires seriously and my passion seriously and sort of yeah that reckoning for me was with how could I have thought that I could live any other way and like and why would I want to and why did I and how did I and like what are all the things that kind of unfolded in my life when for some reason I believed that my my inclinations were second to anyone else's (laughs) or like it was a valid way to be in the world kind of feeling ashamed or feeling like I didn't have to honor myself Mm -hmm. as the highest priority of life (laughs) you know like what happens when I just was constantly that wasn't a priority even if it wasn't like an overtly negative like like overtly low self-esteem or anything like that but just the mm-hmm. the idea that well someone else's feelings are more important someone else's opinions are more important someone else's way of doing it is more important just all that like this kind of like slow degradation of all of that which i i knew within myself was not true yeah how that becomes a very like a very dark existence because it's not yeah. yours not mine yeah so that was like I'm hearing the overarching theme and you mentioned it too is like honoring yourself as that like life bringer and I love that so much because that's what women are they are life bringers and to honor yourself and hold yourself in reverence as such like I'm literally going to like birth life onto the planet and like how can I then embody this like mother energy in like an expression of my authentic true being which is like so freaking cool and I I really want you to talk about too because this is something that I hear from a lot of women who who talk to me about how like, oh yeah, like I really want to have a baby, but like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the right time and blah, 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 blah. And like, 
I've obviously heard like you talk about this because like we're friends and we talk about this, but like I want you to speak to it more about this concept of like not the right time because sure, you also totally. mentioned this it was this was like a whole left quote unquote left field like thing that ha- happened in your life so totally totally okay uh, yeah and I'll just say one thing about that like women as life givers the way that I honor that is that women are the ones who have the capacity to bring life we are mm-hmm. all bringing life we are all bringing our own unique life to this planet so everyone every single human being woman or man Mm -hmm. is bringing their life force and that is your responsibility to bring yours to Uh, live yours that is your responsibility and if you're a woman if you have been blessed with the sacred (laughs) entity (laughs) of of being a woman then you have the invitation to to bring forth new life and Mm, and that's how I orient around because yeah it's not for all women would never try to convince a woman who doesn't want to do that to try to do that that's insanity like Mm. it is your sacred responsibility (laughs) if you do not want to take on that responsibility please don't please do not (laughs) do that (laughs) because that must mean that like you have you want to be focusing on on the life that you have within you Okay, like, because that's also the journey of conscious conception is, yes, it's first and foremost about you, so that it can finally be about someone else by extension, and not um, in spite of, you know, like, like, I have so much like now I'm so abundant with my life force that now I can create even more, you know, like, I do not think that we have been offered that sacred invitation or like that reflection in our culture at all that that is just like it's our own sacred capacity because we're asked to do it at our own expense or like Mm -hmm. if we don't want to or if we are not resourced enough to do so you know like 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 there's such a difference between being so committed to bringing forth life that you have resourced yourself and you've like come to that place where you're like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming through me now versus being kind of like accidentally going through that and then being coerced through all of these just exploitive ways to yeah, become that vessel without, yeah, yeah, without being resourced or without it being your own, like very active. Yeah. Abundance. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that ties into the um, what is taken versus what is given um, thing that you were speaking right. of as well. Right. And quickly before you start diving more into like right time stuff, I also want to just like presence and acknowledge the the point that you made about we're all we all are life bringers because like we all like are living life and have life within us too and this also is reminding me of like, yeah, like it's not just women who are a part of this conscious conception journey, like men and like fathers are a part of this conscious conception journey too. And I think a lot of times when we speak about this, men are sort of like taken out of the equation of this when it's like, no, like men are actually an important part of this too. And I think that like, even sometimes I like will like uh, I'm, I'm thinking about like oh baby yay I'm gonna get pregnant but it's like I'm not thinking about the man so like I'm happy that yeah. you brought that up yeah totally oh my gosh I really hope to like as this work continues to unfold for me I really hope to be someone who can really call men back into this whole conversation or at least just like start having those like those are the types of containers that I would love to hold like for like conscious couples because that's how I see that's the rising consciousness of conscious conception as well. It's that we are both active participants in this process and we bring our own unique responsibilities to it. Yeah. You know, so, and, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the right timing thing before I get too off track. <laughs> um, with that, I think like all I would say to someone about like thinking that there is a right time or not is that we are constantly making up what the future is, what we think the future is or is going to be. And so that could be like 
Like that could be scary if you don't like it, <laughs> if you don't like what you're projecting into the future, or it can be the greatest reclamation of power ever because you recognize that you are creating the future in every moment. So if you have decided that it's quote unquote, not the right time, you've just projected into the future that you're not going to be ready as opposed to deciding I'm going to be ready in the future because I'm ready now, something like that, you know, and I'll just say, so of course the real, the material world exists and we have to navigate the logistical circumstances of our life, of course. And like miracles to me are the things that we don't, we don't even know could happen, you know, like, like even that our idea of the future is just things that we're basing off of the past that we saw happened, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I believe that this could happen because it happened before the future is is an is a formless void (laughs) you know anything can happen and and you don't know how it could you know like our logical minds can't make up how it's going to work because it hasn't happened yet and and we are completely enmeshed with everything else that's happening and so just our own like hyper focusing on like well how would that happen for me in these circumstances for me like yeah, I don't know, but it like you could decide that they are going to, and then you get yeah. to watch as it does, and as yes. you step closer and closer to co-creating what you wanted. And I'm sorry, but that is the that is life. There's nothing else to do <laughs> about yeah. anything ever than than to to orient yourself towards what you want or not. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not about saying, okay, well, if I'm, if I want to have a baby at any point, then I have to do it right now. Of course not. But it's just this idea that like, I really think this believing that you're not ready could be, could be an infinite state of being, unfortunately. And so the first step could be deciding that you're ready to start being ready, you know, and like, see, see what happens. Cause it also, it's not an immediate thing. Oh my gosh. Like, like that's the other like hilarious thing about, oh my God, like birth control culture. It's like, you can get pregnant at any moment. Like <laughs> That's a lie. We, and we both know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the other thing about divine timing, like, and this whole spirit babies wanting the best for us. They want the best for you. It's not about, yeah, that's actually, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the, just the, um, I don't know, these cultural, like, beliefs or, like, projections about pregnancy and about, yeah. like, motherhood in this culture is, like, just ridiculous. Like, everything to me feels like, and of course, it's patriarchy, it's, like, constantly the reversal of what is true, mm-hmm. but just this idea that, like, and it's going to be a burden and it's gonna be like hard and all like like yeah of course back to the responsibility it's gonna be the greatest responsibility of your life and you're completely cut out for it so just so you got this you know it doesn't have to be this and the society has to remember like we do have to orient around that it doesn't it always comes back to like when you get really to the heart of this work we can remember oh right or recognize start to recognize this is also like at this kind of like (laughs) root of so many problems is that women don't have the support to bring life. So we are kind of under-resourced and completely malnourished and completely just like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a wasteland situation that we have on our hands that is not a small factor in all of this. And of course, it's not going to change unless women decide it has to change and first and foremost start taking responsibility for ourselves. Yep. Taking responsibility for ourselves and like choosing what we want to create for ourselves as our future instead of projecting all of this stuff that's like societally shown to us as like this is the only possibility for what you'll experience as a mother because that's a lie. That's not true. Like that is not the only possibility and we can choose to create what like the possibility that we want to experience. So exactly. Yeah. And we can choose to only participate in that. We can we can remove our participation in any atrocious atrocity atrocious 
situation (laughs) that we no longer wish to to see in existence you know like Mm -hmm. as soon as okay like nope that that doesn't exist for me anymore like my traumatic hospital birth didn't exist in reality because I didn't participate in it I just didn't I didn't co-create that Mm. I mean definitely it it did exist (laughs) like the 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 experience of having a traumatic hospital birth did exist but like what I'm seeing through what you're saying is like you can choose to like see it as something that gave you a gift of like an experience well I I mean when I gave birth not when I was born because you're right yes (laughs) when I gave birth I chose to not okay 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 (laughs) okay okay glad we cleared that one up so yeah Yeah, but um, you're very right my own traumatic birth is the root of my life (laughs) and that is also a huge huge part of my that was what I had one of the biggest things I had to grapple with in the in the retelling of my story it was the thing that ended up being like oh my god like why can't I why can't I just share this story like why can't I just write this I had to I had to deal with some stuff and come to yeah. terms with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to wrap it up, what would what advice or anything that's like on your heart or mind to say would you like say to a woman who is choosing to embark on this journey of conscious blah, 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 conscious conception? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Just that it is it is the life of your dreams. It gets to be like, if you're embarking on that journey, it's because you are deciding that you absolutely get to live the life of your dreams. And if a child is included in the life of your dreams, then of course, may it be so, you know, like you will start to walk towards that future that they want, that you want, that your soulmate partner wants. Like, I really do believe like we come here with these beautiful, I guess, contracts and, or, and, and definitely invitations, like these kind of ultimate invitations with people and with um, beautiful, like beautiful elements, like, like weaving. I feel like I have a sacred contract with weaving in this mm-hmm. lifetime, you know, like how beautiful, like I went and I, I found that again, you know, and that was there for me to, mm-hmm. to lead me. And so those things are there for you. So though that's why it's beautiful. That's why it's magical. That's why it, it doesn't, to me, even have to involve children. It's just about creation. It's about consciously creating the lives that we actually want to live, <laughs> that we're actually here to live and and to to thrive. Like it's it's thriving life. That's my favorite word to to bring into the conscious conception conversations. We are creating, uh, we are consciously creating thriving life. That Mm -hmm. to me is the goal of conscious conception. You first and foremost have to create thriving life for yourself, for your family, and then for your child to come into. Mm -hmm. Ah, Thank you so, so much, Megan. I really loved having this talk with you. I'm just so excited to be sharing about this because I really have been in this like deep creative cave of like trying to share my story and as an artist I like I've moved towards these creative mediums and I and I wanted to write this so so it was kind of my first writing project and as I'm finally moving out into world like feeling really feeling brave enough to to share my story I'm remembering that like I already have my story like it's not this like massive endeavor to have to share my story I just am my story like I'm I'm living it right now and so whenever someone asks me about it I'll just have it (laughs) to share it um but the creative process and so that's why as I move forward um talking about the creative process and creative expression as tools of transformation is really really um, like inspiring me because I feel like that's kind of this that is the the biggest thing that I learned through this journey yes I want to talk about birth yes I want to talk about babies yes I want to talk about radical women wild women reclamation 
And I mostly just want to talk about how cool it is that we get to express ourselves creatively and all yeah. the different ways that we can do that. And so that's that's what I'm going to be really excited to be offering in the new year. Some, yes. Yeah, Yay. programs. I'm and... so excited. Yeah. Me too. So if you want to connect further with Megan, totally read the description bar where you can read all about her and it'll have all the links. You can read her poem that she wrote about the earth when she was performing Weaving Daughter and you get to see just like her there's Lewin in the background hey Lewin. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to learn about how she's always there in the background she can see yay okay yeah. thank you so so much and yeah talk to oh you gosh. soon thank you Ninaru absolute pleasure as always if you loved what you heard today, please let me know by giving the podcast some love in the reviews, liking, commenting, and sharing with someone you love as well. As always, too, you can connect with me on Instagram at Key of Life Birthkeeper and with any of my guests with their information and details located in the description. Until next time, Ashe. <laughs>